Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app on this Friday, July 14th, 2023. It's uh, 510 here at the station. It's time for Do I Have a Case with Frank Andrews. We'll be back with the show in just a few minutes. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. I'm Frank Andrews. Nice to have you with us again, folks. And answering the question that so many people, literally thousands of people are asking, do I have a case? And the man with the answers is attorney Keith Figured. Keith, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Frank. Um, a pleasure to be here. Well, we've got a lot of questions and a lot of different subjects here, so let's see if we can't get started. First one, how do I find out if a company ever filed for bankruptcy? I'm thinking of hiring a company but heard it had a rocky financial history. Interesting question, Keith. Yeah, that is interesting, um, and it is a good thing to look into depending on you know the circumstances. So to find out if a company has filed for bankruptcy, you can follow um, some of these steps. First, um, you would want to look for publicly available information. You want to start by conducting an online search using search engines like Google or Bing. Enter the name of the company along with keywords like bankruptcy, chapter 11, or insolvency. Review the search results to see if any credible sources mention the company's bankruptcy history. Another way that you can search is through the U.S. bankruptcy court records in the United States bankruptcy filings are a matter of public record. So you can search for bankruptcy records through the public access to court electronic records, which is called the PACER system. However, um, it should be noted that the PACER requires registration and may charge a nominal fee for access to the documents. Another place you could look is corporate filings. Companies are required to file certain documents with government agencies, such as the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States. Visit the SEC's electronic data gathering analysis and retrieval, uh, the abbreviation is EDGAR website, and search for the company's filings. Look for documents like Form 10-K, Form 10-Q, or Form 8-K, which may contain information about bankruptcy proceedings or financial difficulties. Uh, business credit reports, companies that track the financial health of businesses, such as Dun & Bradstreet, Experian, or Equifax, provide credit reports that may include bankruptcy information. These reports are typically not free, and you may need to pay a fee to access the detailed information. News and media sources is another one, and then, of course, professional services. Uh, if you are considering hiring the company for a significant business transaction or investment, you might want to consult with a professional, such as lawyers or financial advisors. They can conduct more thorough due diligence on the company and its financial history. Remember that bankruptcy filings can vary depending on uh, uh, from state to state, so the steps mentioned above, and also on in the country. I mean, if the, the business is out of the country, so these steps above primarily focus on the United States. So if you are in a different country, you may need to explore specific resources available to you within that uh, jurisdiction. Well, that is a complicated question and a very detailed answer. Thank you. Now, the next question here, Keith, is one that has probably come in here a couple of dozen times over the past couple of months. So this one represents a lot of different people. Here it is. I found a gift certificate that's worth $100, but it's three years old. I'm told gift certificates cannot expire. Is that true? So um, I'm probably guilty of this myself um, with finding gift cards many years after they've been given to me. But, but oftentimes people aren't sure if a business will accept a gift card after it's a few years old. Um, believe it or not, there are state and federal laws in place setting 
guidelines for gift cards and certificates. In fact, in 2009, Congress passed the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure, uh, abbreviated as the CARD Act, which set consumer protection for gift cards based on many state laws. The law provides that gift cards cannot expire within five years from the date that they were activated and gen generally limits inactivity fee on gift cards, except in certain circumstances, such as if there has been no transaction for at least 12 months. The federal law creates a floor for regulation, leaves room for state regulation on redeeming gift cards for cash and unclaimed property provisions. In Pennsylvania specifically, gift cards unredeemed for two years after the expiration of their redemption period or five years from the date of issuance if they contain no expiration date are presumed abandoned and a sheet to the state. Pennsylvania law holds that gift card certificates are written contracts to perform a service or deliver a good by specific date upon presentation of the card certificate. However, should such card expire, i.e. contract expire, the court has no legal obligation to perform the service or product after the expiration period. Bear in mind that money on gift card on a gift card cannot expire for at least five years from the date the card was purchased or from the last date any additional money was loaded onto the card. Uh, these summaries should only be used for general information purposes and not as legal reference. If you have questions regarding issue of redeeming a gift card or gift certificate or retailer's practice, you should contact an attorney or the Pennsylvania Office of Attorney General. Well, I'm going to have to dig out some of my old gift cards now. <laughs> like you said, you have some and I have some, but thanks for the answer. Now, how do people get my in pleasure. touch with you if they're interested? So they can contact me directly at 570-954-9299. They can reach me through email at keith at figuredlaw.com. And then my website, which is figuredlaw.com, has additional information. And uh, figured, this is a lot of people ask, is spelled F as in Frank, I-G-U-R-E-D. All right. Well, next week we have questions about uh, protection from abuse order and also some workers' compensation questions. So we'll talk to you next week, Keith. Thank you very much. Sounds great, Frank, and thank you, Rob. My, my pleasure. Now, folks, if you have a question, if you're wondering, do I have a case, just send me the question, frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. That uh, email address, again, is frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. And let's get back to Rob. Thank you, Frank and Keith. Uh, back with the Rob O'Donnell Show here. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. We have some callers that want to talk about the uh, Biden calling up the reserves. We have uh, Lauren Cummings talking about Hi, Biden. how are you doing? How are you, Lauren? I'd be better if none of this nonsense wasn't going on. <laughs> wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? Yeah. So um, I heard what you said about all that happening, and I do not agree with sending our troops over there if that's his plan. Uh, I did read what you posted, and it doesn't say that's what he's doing, but do you have any more information on that that can that we can understand what's happening or no? Well, if you read the, the, the White House's press release, he's calling up, and now I know the numbers, 3,000 reserves, uh -huh. uh, selective reserve soldiers to uh, support Operation Atlantic Resolve, which is in and around the European theater. So what that means and what Operation Atlantic Resolve truly is, is unknown, but the fact that it needs 3,000 of our reserves to become active duty immediately as of yes, late yesterday, you know, this press release came out, um, is concerning. The fact that we're sending 3,000 more soldiers in, in an active duty status from reserve status, 
um, to an area where there is an ongoing war. I mean, I don't believe they're being sent into war, but whatever Operation Atlantic Reserve is, is is it some kind of show of force? Is it supplementing NATO when there's a lot of uh, issues going on there to begin with? You know, the more Americans you put there in this theater, either be it neighboring or just in Europe in general, the more chance there is for us to get involved. I agree. I'm so happy that you started talking about this because I really did not see this. And um, it's something everybody should be calling their congressmen and senators about because this is very important. I do not want to end up going into any war at all with Russia or anything or even supporting what's going on over there. I don't agree with any of the stuff that's happening in Ukraine. I think they're all corrupt over there. And um, I just disagree with the whole entire uh, premise that we're sending the money and, and supplies and Janet Yellen sending them something like a billion-dollar check. I mean, this is ridiculous. America is in trouble here. We can't be sending all this money and supplies over there. But I don't want to keep going. I mean, that's a very important topic, but I want to definitely ask you one specific question as a police officer from New York City. Because something set me off last week, and, and I've been on this rampage about these uh, pride parades ever since I saw it. I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Lebedo on Twitter, um, but if you go to his uh, Twitter page, if you can, at one point and I'm, see... I'm good friends with Scott. Okay, did you see his release on the picture of the men that were standing there completely nude with the parents walking their children in between them, um, and he was outraged by it? I mean, this is something he shared on Twitter. I couldn't find him on YouTube to send to you, but um, I want to know, as a New York City police officer, isn't this against the law? Like, what is the law on this specific subject? It's indecent exposure is what it is, especially around children. So why haven't they been arrested? Because you have an administration and leadership and, and an upper echelon of the police that's hired by that administration that's not going to enforce that. Plus, even if they did, even if they arrested them, if the officers followed the penal law, which they're supposed to do, and arrest them and bring them to the district attorney, the charges are going to be dismissed. Those officers get sued civilly and, and get put through the ringer. So it's a no-win situation for law enforcement on the ground. But without a prosecution, that will follow through on it or just simply drop charges, which sets up the, the, the NYPD rank and file for these types of lawsuits for false arrest because then they go to the court and say, look, the DA didn't drop charges, wouldn't charge me. The police harassed me and arrested me. Uh, you know, it puts them in a no-win situation. Well, how can that possibly be happening? I mean, what is our recourse if we can't even have, depend on our um, district attorneys to follow through with the police officers that are arresting? I mean, this happened in, in the city of Scranton. We, had, we just had a case here where the police arrested people, uh, and they should have, and, you know, I mean, this is what should be done, and yet we can't follow through on the process. I don't understand where do we go from there. I mean, you are our first line of defense against this kind of nonsense, and then you can't even do your job because the district attorney refuses to follow through on it. So where do the people go with that? Like, what is the plan? What is the – can you give me some information on where we could take that as a society – to make sure that police officers are allowed to do their job and that district attorneys who are not following the law are either removed from office, impeached, or something. There's got to be some kind of way we can we can fix this problem. Yeah, v victims and potential victims need to start suing the city themselves, the district attorneys themselves, to say your policies are preventing the enforcement of the New York State penal law, the Pennsylvania penal law, whichever state you're in. And elections, you know, the election, this is all based off elections. They're, they are voting in people who ran on this. The, the district attorney of Manhattan ran on not prosecuting a whole list, a whole myriad of crimes, some of them being violent. And they still elected him in and they still continue to.
It's well. Here, here's the dilemma that I'm seeing. I mean, I'm staring at this picture that drove. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I went. I went and I started a group, and, and we're, we're becoming active, and I'm done with this. Um, I want to be able to follow through with this, and I thought, well, maybe I should go to the Scranton headquarters FBI and show them this picture and say, hey, listen, New York is not doing their job. What can you do to help these poor police officers and men? Like this is this is child abuse. This is children walking in between naked men, literal naked men, and. I mean, it, I don't expect you to have the answer for me, but give me somewhere to go. I've, well, I've called in, child in my day and age, when I was a police officer walking in New York City under the administration and the police leadership that I walked in, that would have been um, public public uh, obscenity. It would have been uh, endangering the welfare of a child. There would have been a myriad of charges for someone like that to be arrested and brought in. Now, these days, it's it's a different time. And I, I blame the system. I blame the leadership that people have voted into. But places like New York City, unfortunately, voted this in and continue to. Um, that's unfortunately the only answer I have. What happens if it comes here? What do we do? What happens if it comes here? What do we do? What, well, should, what should happen if there's a parade and there's somebody doing something, uh, child abuse to a child? I, and I've, I've reported some of this stuff already. Nothing happened. I've reported it as a reporter, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't, I don't want to do it to you. If you, have, if you can research this for me and maybe, um, you know, let people know what they can do, and um, well, I would greatly appreciate it, but it, I don't want to if, if, if in the field, If in the field someone's not taking a report seriously, you go straight to the district attorney's office with the, with the evidence you have, and if they fail to prosecute it, as a witness it's kind of harder because you don't have standing for a lawsuit, but if you're an actual victim, if you're the child's parent, if you're something like that, then you do, and maybe it's time to take legal action against those entities involved. You know, the, the city as a whole to say, you know, my child was endangered in your city because this is the atmosphere that was created, and and that that's the only thing that that gets the attention of these people: lawsuits and dollars. Okay, so somebody like myself, that's a nurse, that's a mandatory reporter. If we don't report this stuff, we can be held accountable. But then, on the other hand, if if they feel that what we reported isn't uh, correct, then we can also be held accountable for that. So it's kind of uh, very twisted what's happening, and I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I will go further with this, but if you get a chance, look at Scott Levito's uh, video on that because it's, it's outrageous. No, I, I, so I've seen it, Lauren. I appreciate listening. your call. Thank you. Yep. Uh, it's uh, 525 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. There is a wreck on 476 southbound the PA Turnpike between Wilkesbury Bear Creek and the Whitehaven exit. You will have delays. We also have a backup on 81 northbound at Waverly because of construction. Heavy traffic in the Scranton area, both directions on 81. You will be dipping below the speed limit. And out on 80 west, that is backed up because of construction in the Bloomsburg area. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 68. Tomorrow, partly sunny and hot, isolated showers and thunderstorms, high 90. Sunday, more clouds with a better chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms, high 86. Monday, some sun and isolated showers and thunderstorms, high 88. It's currently 88 degrees and mostly cloudy at 526. I do, when we come back, have what the Operation Atlantic Resolve is for our military in Europe. And it doesn't sound like something good for us as Americans. But I'll have that when we come back to the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. 
Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 535 here. I got a bunch of calls holding. I'm going to get to you in just a second. But I, I looked up right from the U.S. Army Europe and Africa Command website, europeafrica.army.mil. Um, I looked up the Operation Atlantic Resolve, where we, where we, Joe Biden, our president, just activated 3,000 reserve troops to full active duty to send there to supplement the, the operation. Operation Atlantic Resolve provides rotational deployments of combat-credible forces in Europe to show our commitment to NATO while building readiness, increasing inoperability, and enhancing the bonds between ally and partner militaries. So that's what Operation Atlantic Resolve is. And as of yesterday, late yesterday, the president on the White House's website activated under his authority 3,000 reserve troops to full active duty status to support this. So that's what Operation uh, Atlantic Resolve is. If you want to look at it more, it's you, you could just Google Operation um, Atlantic Resolve to get it. But I'm right on the U.S. Army's Europe and Africa website. Uh, and that's what it's for. Combat credible forces is what they'll be supplementing. Uh, let's go to the phones now. We have Cat uh, from Archibald on the troops being called up. You've been waiting for a while, Cat. I'm sorry. Yes, um, Rob. What I wanted to say about these 3,000 reserves that are called up to go to Europe, they're active reserves. So they're combat credible, and, and they partner with other militaries. Well, what does that say? We're funding the Ukraine-Russian war already, right? We got nukes in Belarus. NATO just, NATO just admitted Sweden and Finland into NATO. And then we got the cluster bombs given to Ukraine because Russia's already using cluster bombs. We got the Wagner Group, Bogosi, who's not been heard of since he was sent to Belarus, but all his men have to sign up to Russia and and be under Russian troops. You know, um, what does peace look like? It looks like we have to have a, a full-scale third, third world war. That's what it looks like. It looks like there is no end until there's an end. I, I'm saying that because all these signals of 3,000 active groups, they're active reserves. They're, they're combat ready. They're, they're uh, partnered with other militaries. I mean, these signals are like, it reminds me like Vietnam, how it all started with just a conflict, and it became a war. But they didn't call it war. It wasn't through Congress. They just called it a conflict. See, this is how you get your military, uh, your military operation, as Russia called it, to begin with, Right. Russia called the whole thing in Ukraine a military operation, right? Yep. Yeah, and this, this, and this didn't go through Congress either. This was under the presidential's authority to activate the reservists, and he's done that. And, and Operation Atlantic Reserve, I'm digging into it more, is in direct response to Russia's operations in Ukraine. The entire operation is, was founded because of the Russian operation in Ukraine. So it's a show of force on America's side. And when you put 
American troops, combat ready, combat qualified troops in that close quarters. You're you're looking for an issue. You're looking for a mistake. And um, it, it, I just wish this would be more publicized than it was. Not a late day Thursday post by the White House, White House briefing room. Isn't that the way they always do it in the briefing room? It's always a late date, just before the weekend. But these nukes in Belarus really upset me because with nukes, that is the Third World War. You know, they would be fought with nuclear. And that's a problem. Well, any, any any nuclear war anywhere, any 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 rogue person or nation, especially when you just had the issue with Wagner and Russia, you know that was a main concern yeah. off the start. But uh, I don't see it going there because I think they realize where that will go. It's it's if if there's desperation, if there's some inert factor where you have a, a madman getting involved or getting a hold of something that wants to start something bigger. I mean, we've seen we've seen the scenarios. I, I don't think it goes there, but the mere fact we're sending three thousand troops. Uh, actively that to the area is, is just not a good uh, not a good move on our part. Cat, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. Um let me go who's been waiting the longest here. Let me go to uh Joe from the back mountain on insanity of Biden. I have about a minute, Joe. Okay, I'll try yeah, I'll try it. Listen, I can call this guy a lot of news, but he really is a tool of state. Where are the final days on this earth? It is biblically, I believe. This guy's going to get us into a nuclear war. How anybody could call up, say they're a Democrat, and support this insane uh, creep that's going to get us all killed? It, it, you know, <laughs> we could talk here about you know cluster bombs and blah, 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 blah. The thing is, they've already turned down two peace agreements. The little Hitler in Ukraine, may I call him that? Because he started calling a duly elected president Hitler five minutes after he, he took the oath of office. The little... Uh, Hitler in Ukraine already turned down two peace agreements because he's following the marching orders of the New World Order. Joe Biden also follows those orders. Okay? So, it looks at what do they want? I think they want Siberia. There's a lot of minerals, wealth, oil, gas. Joe, we have minerals. a weather alert coming up. <laughs> you tried to. And this Pentella Data Internet traffic update. We have Route 11 in Kingston. The northbound lanes are shut down due to an accident. There's an accident on 476 southbound, the PA Turnpike, between Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek and the Freeland Whitehaven exit. That's causing a backup. Things are going down to one lane. Accident out on 80 eastbound in the same general vicinity. After you pass the Whitehaven Freeland exit, you're going to be backed up a bit. Also, um, we have lots of traffic on 81, both directions in the Scranton area. You're dipping below the speed limit. And 81 northbound at Waverly, that backs up due to construction. 80 west to Bloomsburg, all jammed up because of road work. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. You just heard the ES alert. We do have storms in our area, so be careful while you're traveling. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 68. Tomorrow, partly sunny and hot, isolated showers and thunderstorms. High 90 should be the nicest day of the weekend. 
Uh, Sunday, more clouds with a better chance of scattered showers and storms, high 86. Monday, some sun with isolated showers and thunderstorms, high 88. It's currently 87 degrees, mostly cloudy. We do have those storms moving through at 544 here at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 548 here. We're talking about uh, the Biden administration calling up 3,000 individual ready reserves up to active duty. And it's, uh, some members are starting to chime in. Some people are starting to chime in. You have uh, Vivek Ramsas- Ramaswamy, who's running for president. It's downright disturbing that the U.S. media is ignoring the fact that Biden is ordering 3,000 members of the select reserves or individual ready reserves to Europe for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve. The last time there was an IRR, that's the Individual Ready Reserve call-up, was during the Iraq War. You have uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Tonight in the House is debating the National Defense Authorization Act. We find out that Joe Biden is calling up reserves to Operation Atlantic Resolve, which is the unofficial operation supporting the war in Ukraine. And you have uh, Biden spokesman John Kirby on the mobilization of 3,000 National Guardsmen. And this I would take with the, the most serious notion. The security environment in Europe has changed, and we've got to make sure that we've got the proper force in place to deal with it. So it's starting to chime in, and it's starting to get sporty um, with the, the reasoning behind this. Let me go to the phones because you've been waiting for a while. Let me go to Rich from Laughlin on exotic animals and Biden's bailouts. Rich. Yeah, I just want to quickly say, what about the 4,600 troops we put in Poland for those countries up there with full complements of small and large weapons? Okay, I guess that wasn't enough because they didn't fire anything. Uh, Next thing, uh, Biden, I guess, hasn't learned anything from the judicial branch uh, about funding people without authorization from Congress or funding, okay? All the southern... Republicans have to do is change the dates and refile all their lawsuits, and I can hardly wait. And the final thing is, all my life I wondered why we see exotic animals, alligators that are big. They started out small, five inches long. They were cute and cuddly, but you see them flush down. Uh, they find them in different sewers, uh, monitors. Uh, you got the Everglades. They've been overtaken by African uh, uh, snakes and so forth. They are paying good good amounts of money to get them out now for people to go get them. But I really think you need a permitting system so you could follow these animals from cradle to grave. People are just dumping them out because they can't either take care of them because they're too too dangerous or they can't afford the food. I won't uh, delay anything. I know you're busy. Thank you, Rob. No, I appreciate the call, Rich. I appreciate you, your, your input there. I know dealing with a lot of this in New York City when I was a police officer there and, and we came across a lot of exotic animals. I'll give a couple of examples. Most of these are getting off, have gotten off the black market. They're smuggled in from air flights. Yep. The ground crews get them off the planes you know, behind closed doors. and It's a black market issue where most of them come from. It's very hard, especially in places like New York City or your bigger cities, even here in Pennsylvania. To, to get that permit for exotic animals or or to get a permit to care for even a wild animal. If you do it legally, it, it's not easy to do, and, and you're you're subject to inspections and certifications and all sorts of things. Um, so I, I so it's that, that black happen, market. Rob. But anywhere you get it from a private, uh, uh, anywhere you get it legally from a store and you're purchasing it you know, out in the open, absolutely there should be a tracing for that. So And, and proof of death when the animal dies, especially if it's an animal like an alligator, like you know, a, a 30-foot python or whatever there is out there. 
it's not right to put an alligator in our winters here and so forth, too. It's cruelty, you know. But uh, I'll let you go. You have a good evening, Rob. Take care. I appreciate it, Rich. You have a great weekend. And, uh, you know, when we talk about animals like this, it's funny because uh, there was an individual that I used to, my partner and I, used to arrest all the time in, in New York City. When we were part of the robbery task force, we were dealing with a lot of uh, issues in uh, the subway systems back there in, in Queens. We were in the borough robbery task force. And this individual, who was a, a, a repeat criminal offender, he kept with him in little plastic containers, like those, you know, something you would get from a pet store, like the little, they're probably eight inches by six inches with a, with a vented cover on them. And he'd have his knapsack. And when he was out committing his crimes, every time we, we, we arrested him, he had either a tarantula or a scorpion in these cages. And they were in separate cages, obviously, because they're moral enemies. But he would have these, these animals. And you could not imagine the process it was to deal with this. And he knew that. He knew it would delay everything. He knew the headache it would cause. And they, they weren't illegal to possess. So... You'd have to bring them to an animal control. Well, you heard the EAS, so be careful out there. And like I was saying, we used to arrest this individual who had the the tarantula and the scorpion, and it was really just a pain. I mean, hours upon hours of bringing it to the proper agency, and you'd walk in with these cages with the tarantula, and they're like, what do you expect me to do with them? I don't know. We'd end up having to get zoo people involved to see if, you know, the poisonous factor and if how dangerous they were to staff. And um, one day we arrested him, and while we opened up the bag, there was the one bag of the, there was one container with the scorpion, and there was another container that was broken. And we, we dumped it out, and it was like, well, what was in this? And he's like, oh, my tarantula. And then, you know, you dump the bag down on the ground, and this big black, you know, six-inch across tarantula falls out of the bag and is running on a New York City street, crowded New York City street with people all over the place. I'm not going to try and trap this thing. The cage it was in was broken, so, you know, it it, it met the boot because, uh, you know, I had to protect the citizens that were around. This tarantula was running around, but it's just amazing, just the simple things that I've dealt with in my career, and we must have arrested this guy 10, 12 times. And every time he had either one, the other, or both. But um, the, the the one time, and he got real upset when we crushed his tarantula. It was like, hey, buddy, you know, keep the, don't bring them out when you commit crimes, or get better cages that way they're not broken and they're not running around a New York City street. I'm not the one that's going to put my hand down, and I'm not taking you out of handcuffs to corral this thing to put it back in your knapsack. And then what am I going to do with it? It's in a knapsack. So the the spider didn't make it. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to end the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show this week on this Friday, July 14th, 2023 on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 5.59 here. Listen, you guys, there's serious things going on in the world, and we really have to start paying attention to what's going on. We really need to start holding our elected officials accountable. We really need to have our own awareness, situational awareness of what's going on in the world uh, heightened because, like I said, late Thursday, you know, something comes out that they're sending more troops to Europe. You find out that this is a show of force against Russia. Um, yeah, there's plenty of things going on in the world that we don't know about, but uh, we should do our best to be up to speed on it as much as we can. Guys, you have a great weekend. 
Take care of yourselves. Recharge those batteries for Monday. I will see you Monday. God bless. Be safe. This is the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Have a great weekend.